the book of Lamentations, chapter 3. That's going to be after the book of Jeremiah and before the book of Ezekiel, a small book of the Bible. We don't go here very often, but we will go to the most popular verses of this entire book. Actually, most of this book would have a heaviness of grief and misery to it. And these are some encouraging verses right here that are definitely different. If you want a title for the message, it's Hope Hasn't Left. Hope Hasn't Left. Lamentations 3 and 21, Jeremiah writes, This... I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Jeremiah is the author of this book. And Jeremiah is well known by a nickname called the Weeping Prophet. Jeremiah had a job to do for God to go to the people of Judah and to tell them to turn from their ways. Turn back to the Lord. And Jeremiah was faithful with his duty that God gave him. And he did it for 40 years. Now, when I say he was faithful with his duty, that doesn't mean that the people of God turned. They actually didn't. They rejected the message. They refused to turn back to the Lord. And so we have a heaviness on Jeremiah's heart as the prophet in this situation because Judah did not listen. The people ended up suffering terribly as a result of the choices they made not to turn back to the true God, not to listen to Jeremiah as he faithfully did what God called him to do. You kind of think about the testimony of maybe some smaller churches that do not see converts for a while or there are no additions to the church and the membership and they have a hard time with it. They they struggle and they look to be encouraged by those who may come along that God would send. But sometimes it doesn't happen. Just imagine Jeremiah seeing no results of the ministry that he performed. He was faithful to God. He's rewarded before God. You know, success is measured different in God's eyes than it is in our eyes. We'd be surprised who has so many rewards for their faithful service in heaven, despite what you might have saw around them upon this earth. And here Jeremiah has been faithful, but he's tempted to think that the ministry that he was a part of was all for nothing. The Babylonian army came in just destroying the city, taking any valuables out of the temple, burning up the things of the city. Many of the people of God were killed in the process. A lot of them were injured. Many were put in prison. And then some were simply left there with absolutely nothing but a pile of rubbish 
there. And it was a sad situation for the people of God. Jeremiah took that weight upon himself and he carried that burden as the prophet of God. The whole city, the whole society and the lifestyle of them just seemed to be diminished uh, completely destroyed, and Jeremiah is feeling pretty hopeless right about this time. He's feeling pretty helpless as he considers the condition that he's in. He became very deflated, and when people get into a situation where when it rains, it pours, and so many trials seem to come over one's life, and it seems like things just come crashing down, we can get to a place in our minds where we just see no way out of it. We see that this is something that we can't bear, but we don't think it's going to end. We don't see any way out whatsoever. And we can get to a place where we are just expecting nothing to happen, nothing to change. And this very well could be the mindset of Jeremiah. We hear so many things related to that in what he says throughout this book. He's having a negative mind talk, if you will. Do you know what I'm talking about when we're going through trials or we're going through things and we just keep playing them over and over in our mind? It may be something that's passing, but we're still holding on to the burden of it and the weight of it. And we just keep having this negative cycle that will start to go through our minds over what we're doing. I mean, we just come to our wits end. It's misery, it's pain, it's sorrow that we're going through. And it just spins around in our mind. You know, Christians can get depressed this way. It's getting in a rut. Someone called a coffin kicked out at both ends a rut. And the Christian can get in a rut. Jeremiah is in a rut here. And we can relate in a lot of ways. Because there's a lot of times where we just get deflated. And we know better, but we have a season where we just feel hopeless. And we feel like the situation is helpless. We see no way out of it whatsoever. And our thoughts keep weighing on us, and we hold on to these thoughts a little too long, they start weighing us down and pulling us down because of the hard knocks of life that we are facing. We're all going to face these tough challenges in life, and sometimes they just seem to accumulate, whether it be burying a loved one, whether, whether it be a broken relationship of some sort, whether it be in bondage to addiction, whether it be in bondage with some distraction, it may not seem like anything that's a real big deal, but something just keeps going on and it's a distraction in your life. You think it's so small, you don't share it as a prayer request or you won't tell anybody about it, but these are things we need to tell the Lord about because if it is affecting you, look, that, that's big enough. That's too big right there. And we can take anything to the Lord. Maybe it's feeling rejected by those that you love. It's terrible when someone feels like they're all alone. 
and they just have no one. And people can feel that way. Maybe it's a physical ailment that is holding you down and and seems to be burdening burdening you and discouraging you. Maybe it's mental. Maybe it's a medical thing of some sort. And you just don't see any way that things are going to change. And if you were to be honest, and if I were to be honest, sometimes we fall in that rut that we're not expecting it to. And we're just kind of wallowing in pity. And and we start to get this negative outlook. Look, this is Jeremiah's condition in what he's going through. He is the prophet. And look what is going on with the city of Jerusalem. And he is lamenting. These are called the lamentations of Jeremiah because he's lamenting through this entire book about it. And it's very painful for him. You know, the real truth and just being real with you tonight, the reality is that just living life is is going to have its pain. You're going to experience pain just by living. It's going to happen. It's guaranteed. And it's messing up Jeremiah's mind talk, if you will. We see it all through this book. But let's look at what happens to his mind in verse 21. He says, this I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. You know, every situation I just spoke of, the Christian can be affected by it. The Christian has their heart and their will, their mind all affected by these things. But at the same time, I'd like to say tonight, isn't it good to be a Christian? Because the whole world has to deal with the struggles in this life. But as for the Christian, as for the one who is a student of the word of God, there's that sweetness in our relationship with the Lord where he brings to remembrance his truth to our heart and our minds in our time of struggle. And it's a very changing thing for us for the better. When the word of God comes to remembrance for us. This is exactly what happens for Jeremiah here. This is why there's some sunshine we see in the scriptures here. That come up out of the clouds. And the dispersing of the clouds that are over him. The truth and the character of his God. No matter what is going on. Has come to his mind. And it is changing his attitude in such a devastating circumstance. He starts to consider the Lord's mercies, the Lord's compassions, and the faithfulness of the Lord. And guess what happens to the heaviness of his heart? Hope kicks in. He has hope in the Lord. But he's been in his situation that he's been in. But the word of God and the goodness and the greatness of our Lord comes to his mind. And he is renewed with hope and filled with hope. Hope is possible for anyone. For anyone who will trust in the Lord Jesus as Savior. 
For anyone who knows the Lord Jesus as Savior, no matter where you find yourself, no matter what you find yourself going through, there is hope that is possible for everyone. Look, you are not left out of hope. And when I say hope, I'm not talking about hoping that our team wins the game. I'm not talking about wishing upon a star. We can hope as in having the expectation of good to come as a result of the promises that God has made. Because God has made very good promises to His children. And we can always look to those. We'll be brought to remembrance of those so that we can be filled with hope. We have some very low seasons sometimes and they're very hard to go through. But don't think for a second that you are meant to stay there. You are not meant to stay in a condition of mind and heart as a result of your circumstance. That circumstance may leave and I hope for us that it does leave quickly but it may stay a while but that does not mean that our condition of mind and heart and soul has to stay the same it's not meant to because we can have an expectation of good by the promises of God when our minds turn from the turmoil to truth look we find ourselves being able to rest confidently in our God and his truth. We need it and it changes the mind talk at that point. Be renewed in your mind is what the word of God says and it happens to us. Someone said something that's very fitting. They said look to yourself and you'll be depressed. Look to your circumstances and you'll be distressed. Look to the Lord and you'll be blessed. That is so simple, yet it is very true. It is very true when we look to him and consider his attributes and we and we meditate upon his word. It, it, it changes things and it helps you and I. If we view our circumstances first and let that reflect on our God, it will deflate our hope. But if we will look to God first and that, let that reflect through our circumstances, we will be filled with hope. Hope will kick in. We always have hope as a child of God, but the experience and the effect of being filled with hope is going to be different in our lives. And we must do that. We must look to the Lord. We must view God and then our circumstances. But let's go from this mind talk to a mercy touch. In verse 22, Jeremiah says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. You know, the Lord chastens his people, but he does not consume his people. The Lord disciplines his people, but he does not destroy his children. There is some hope for Judah that Jeremiah is starting to see here. He has looked at their plight. He has looked at their calamity. But there is hope for the people of God as he looks at this 
through the word of God now and through the truth of God. There are a lot of bad things that have happened to the people of God here, but God's mercy hasn't played out. Things could be worse. Granddaddy struggled with being negative in, in places like this. And he used to say, I, th I guess things could be worse, but I just don't see how. And that's the best he could get to sometimes. But things could be worse here. What if God's mercies did fail? What if they didn't last? Hey, that's not our God. His mercies continue the people of God have found themselves in a very painful situation. But hey, there's mercy for them. God's mercy is still for them. Judah was not completely destroyed. And that was because of God's mercy. You know, J Jeremiah looks at the situation and then he thinks, wow, what is salvaged? What remnant there is? That's because of mercy. That's because God's mercy is continuing. His compassions, it says, they never fail. We can count on the compassions of the Lord, the mercies of our God. They will never let us down. They will never fail you and I. God's rivers of mercy never run dry. I've never seen a waterfall in person these Big vacation places you go to with Niagara Falls or whatever. And you think about the, the masses, of the volume of water that just continues to go. And you just know it's going to dry up sooner or later. Well, you know what? They, they never have. Niagara Falls never has. And neither does God's mercy. They fail not. They are continuous for you and I. They never play out. His mercy never ceases. What do you have in store for your future? You have some pain in store for your future. If you're not experiencing any right now, don't blink. Enjoy it because it's coming. There is pain in store for our future, but there's more mercy. There's greater mercy than anything we will go through. Mercy will outlast our struggles. Mercy will outlast our problems. The mercy of the Lord doesn't run out and it doesn't wear out. So within this mercy touch, let's look at a morning triumph in verse 23. It says of the mercies and compassions of the Lord... That they are new every morning. Wow. Though there are those things that when you read it for the first time in the word of God. Every time you read it after that. You remember where you were. You remember how it hit your heart when you read that, those scriptures. And this is one for me. That his mercy not only doesn't fail. But it's new every morning. It's fresh every morning. It doesn't wear out. It doesn't get old. Man, uh, I just think of my life before I was saved. And I had no idea what I needed. I know I needed something. I had a big hole in my life. And I didn't know what it was. And of course it was Jesus Christ. And it was new mercy 
every morning. Thank God that that is what the Christian wakes up to every morning. Help us if we do not acknowledge it. Help us if we are not blessed and uplifted by that. The fact that there is new mercy all the time. What a morning triumph for the people of God. Night's troubles are swallowed up with morning compassions. Praise God for that. Your same old problem might exist when you wake up in the morning. But make no doubt about it that God's mercy is going to be there when you arise. It's going to be there to wake you up and to be with you. You are going to have a fresh dose of God's compassion every morning when you wake up. Isn't it good to know that He knows? Isn't it good to know that He cares that he knows what you need and and he wakes you up to knowing that every morning you can count on it there's no way that God's mercy will not be there for you there's no way that it's not going to happen and that sends us into the next thought and that's a Messiah trust this is a beautiful verse both parts his mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. If we can consider how we glossed over the condition that Jeremiah was in concerning the people of God and concerning the city of Jerusalem and all the desolation that's taken place. And now he says, great is your faithfulness, God. This It's a beautiful phrase, and it speaks of the complete and total dependability that we can have in our Lord. No matter how we feel, no matter what's happening, no matter what our trouble is, in all our trials, in all our temptations, when we have failed and when we have given into temptation, His mercy is still there and He is faithful to us. We fret and we struggle and we want to be so much more faithful to Him. And I tell you what a great motivation is for that. He is so faithful to us. He is unconditionally faithful to His people. I'm going to preach that. It's it's your duty not to abuse that, and I don't think you will, but know this. So know this. He is faithful to you and I. He is faithful through it all. He is faithful unconditionally to His people. Great is thy faithfulness. You might have thought of a hymn that we sing There's a hymn that comes from these verses, and it's titled, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And it says, Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Blessings all mine with ten thousand beside. The Messiah trust. He is so faithful to you and I. Beyond these verses, it just goes into all of these renewed thoughts that Jeremiah recalls to mind 
about his Lord in despite of the condition that his people are in. And, and we could phrase all of these wonderful assurances in so many different ways. But Jeremiah's, Jeremiah's mind has been assured and he has been lifted out of dark misery by the fact that the Lord does not cast off or forget his people. Do you understand that the Lord will never forget you? He will never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord does love us in the midst of our pain. Let me say, please be sure that you never make the mistake. And, and I don't ever want to make the mistake of judging God's love for me by what I'm going through. Because that's not going to be an accurate measurement of God's love. We cannot make him love us anymore. We cannot make him love us any less. And do not look at your circumstances when they are great and think God loves you more. Don't look at your circumstances when they are are so hard for you to deal with and think that God is disappointed and bringing this on you and that he loves you less because that is far further from the truth than you can imagine. The Lord does not enjoy chastening his children, but he does it for our good. And it's an expression of his love when he chastens us. The Lord does feel our pain. He, you know, I can say I feel your pain and I might come close or I might be lying or I might be way off. But the Lord knows every pain that we have been through and then some. You tell some people that and, and they'll say, well, I think the Lord's just too busy for me and not too concerned about me. Hey, the Lord has more than sympathy for us. He has empathy. He has experienced every temptation that we have and then some. He knows our pain. He cares about it and he feels it. Hebrews 4.15. Jot that down and look at that verse tonight about how the Lord feels our pain. The Lord does have full control in every circumstance. As Jeremiah looks back, but as his mind is renewed, he has to see and admit and know that the Lord is in control no matter what. That's for us to see and that's for us to know, too. I say that not knowing your trouble, our troubles vary. Our troubles come at different times in our lives and we feel different about our troubles in, in different times of our life. Our, our emotions and our feelings about them. They, they're up and they're down. And they come and they go. And we experience a little anger. A glimpse of relief. Whatever the case. But, but it, sometimes we can be all over the place with it. But in the midst of it all. The Lord doesn't change. That is so good for the heart. As we go through our changes in life. As this world changes. God does not. People come to my mind that I love so very dearly, whether family members or old friends, and I know they're building their hopes and they're trying to build their life on this ever-changing world. And when we get caught up in the world... And we're focused on the world, which is always changing with no guarantees and no promises. We are in for disappointment if we do that. 
But oh, the precious saints that come to my mind who are such an example for me to follow who have built their lives on the Lord and they're tested, tried, and true. Look, they walk in confidence and they have peace because they have built their life on what does not change. What satisfaction and what security that is for us when we build our lives upon the Lord. He never changes. He is always good Loving, merciful, and kind, no matter what's going on. But this ever-changing world is different, and it treats us different. Let us let the Lord do what He sees fit to do with us and for us. Let us see that He doeth all things well. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, in verse 18, verse just pops in my head, and I'll get there in just a second and read it to you. And Samuel told him every whit and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. You know what? Jeremiah is learning to do in this. He's learning to wait. Learning to wait and to trust God. And that's what, that's what we do when we meditate upon His perfect attributes and who He is in spite of what we're going through. We learn to wait on Him, to throw it in His lap and let Him do what seemeth good to him. And we can trust the outcome. We can trust what he's going to do and walk away with peace and confidence. There was a painter in the 1600s, and his name was Rembrandt, and he imagined this scene of Jeremiah, Jeremiah lamenting over Jerusalem and the people of God. And, and he painted this picture, and he, he painted a man with a sad countenance, sitting on a rock. And he had scriptures in the painting on the left side. And over the right shoulder of this man was a city on fire and people fleeing the city. And I imagine what people might see when they look at that. Maybe they think the, the painter's very disturbed. Or it's just a very disturbing situation. But, but what if you and I consider what happened to Jeremiah and what remembrance came to his mind and what he has said here that we have shared? And can we look at that? Can we look at that painting and, and say, hope kicked in? Wow, hope kicked in for Jeremiah, even in the midst of all of this. Can we do that? Can we do that with our own life and with our own picture? What picture would you paint right now? It might be kind of difficult. It might be difficult for others to bear to, to see this picture at first glance. But can you and I look at our situation and see everything that goes on, but then ultimately see God's mercy 
and God's compassion and his everlasting faithfulness to you and I. Hope can always kick in. It can always kick in no matter what our circumstances are. And that's how God wants to rescue us. The circumstances may stay, but let him fill you with hope. Because that's what he wants for you as a child of God. And considering someone that may be listening tonight or someone here who is not a child of God. You do not have the peace that your sins have been paid for personally, acknowledged in your heart, accepted by you through Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Your sin debt is not on Him. It's, it's still on you. You don't have that peace that you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That is, that is no hope. That is no hope whatsoever. There's no hope in being the best person we could possibly be and having our sins forgiven and being able to go to heaven. But our blessed hope is coming back to the clouds one day, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's coming back to get his children. And it could be any time we don't know. And, and should there be one here tonight or listening online who does not have that hope of Jesus Christ? Maybe you thought you did. Hey, the most important thing is that you get things right with God and that you trust in His Son, Jesus Christ, absolutely as your Lord and Savior of your life. And let Him save you. And then you have, you have this experience of hope to be able to live with through everything you go through. You will not be able to bear it if you don't know Jesus. It is only in Him that we can have that. And I pray that no one leaves this sanctuary before they have that settled with the Lord. You can see... Corey right here after church, there, there's Brother Rick over here. There are several you can go to before you leave the house of God to have this settled with the Lord tonight. Well, with that, let us go to the Lord in a, in a word of prayer. And Brother Zach's about to lead the Awana in, in the first meeting, getting ready for the first season. And I would like to ask you, Brother Zach, if you would close us in prayer tonight, sir. Tonight, thank you for Brother uh, Kenneth's preparation in it. We just.